Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Monday to everybody out there. Happy Monday to you, Ben. How was your weekend, Jacob? Oh, you know, it was a struggle. What do you mean? The struggle that has continued into this morning. Uh, no, my weekend was fine. There was just one negative incident that... Uh, Ugly run-in with somebody? A run-in. Oh. Good, good, work, good word there, Ben. Uh, nothing really serious. I... I uh, I got. I backed into somebody this weekend. And Are they was, okay? Did it, you run it's over? fine. No, no. It was a. It was good news. Is was it was a big burly truck that didn't do anything. Well, too. I can see how you would miss that. But uh, <laughs> it. it was it was my fault. It was yeah. my fault. Well, we sorry, don't need to sucks. dive into that. That's but not fun. It, it didn't make the weekend great. But you didn't total your car. Like you didn't. But have I didn't to, total my car. Like you got to drive it today. No, I feel like I feel like I never have really any room to complain because you, you know uh, we live pretty charmed life. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing what I want to do. Get to hang out families, with you and yeah, family, all those things. So I feel like I can. Megan's never complain. our producer. She brings us incredible Christmas gifts. Yeah, thank you, Megan. Way better than what we got her. So I'm sorry that you outgifted us. That was very lame of us. Yeah, thank so, you. So I've got a lot going. So I don't feel like I, I I really have any right to complain. But I feel like everything that that is not roses in my life is just minor irritants. But they're like yeah. a lot of them. Correct. Or I let them eat you at know, you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like I, I I wore the wrong shirt today, Ben. That just has the 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 like part of the seam that yeah. is irritating, like right under my armpit. That's Correct. just I forgot my computer. Yeah. Again, you know my computer's dead, and I randomly brought my iPad today, so it works. I'm in good shape. So see, things ben, are things are know, goat roses for me. It's Christmas week. Everything's coming it's up. It's Christmas ben. week. Megan loves uh, Christmas. I love Christmas. You're an Ebenezer Scrooge, but maybe some ghosts will visit you this week and uh, cheer you up a little bit. No, I'll tell you what. My my kids are are helping. Good because because are they excited? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. the seventh month old is not she, really, but but really. the four year old. You're Jeez. at this gold, the golden age, and my oh, son's yeah. nine, and you can kind of tell, went and saw Santa on Saturday, you can tell he's kind of getting to that point a little bit where his, his interest is waning. Yeah, Still full on, Good he's to go. excited for Santa to yeah, come yeah. Friday night. Is it Friday? Yeah, Friday night. Uh, but is, uh, it's getting to that point where he's a little dicey about you know, what control he has and whether he's a little kid or whether he's a big kid. Yeah, so I get you it. Got, but you got five years of just the absolute golden the era 
of Christmas. Because last year when she was three, she got it. Yeah. And she was excited about it. But she didn't really remember the Christmas before, right? Right. So it, right. it was still kind of... Kind of on the, I don't really know what to expect. Now, she remembers Christmas last Correct. year and and how that went. And, and just, so the excitement level is pretty. And I love torturing my kids. I mean, I love torturing them with the buildup and how long it takes to get to Christmas because that's an eternity when you're six years old. Right. Now, life is just flying by. It's summer. It's Christmas. It's summer. It's Christmas. That's how it feels for me, at least. Uh, but the kids are the kids are, you know, chomping at the bit. To try and uh, try and get Christmas here as soon as possible. I'll tell you what we had a we had a. And we'll dive into the jazz. I know people are, are excited to talk about that, but but my wife and I had a conundrum with our four year old uh, yesterday in the car coming back from my parents that that I I still don't know exactly what to do about. We we, we went to the mall, Ben. We got yeah. a couple of balloons from Nordstrom. Okay, you know what I'm talking about that. Yeah. So the we got one for the seven month old and one for the four year old, which really was just two for the four year old. Right. Correct. So uh, she popped. The one for the seven-month-old. Okay. That, and it's like, well, I don't care. It's fine. Right. You know, right. whatever. Let's go. And so on the way home, she goes, well, Maggie's never going to forgive me. <laughs> and we're like, no, she'll forgive you, honey, because we're, we're family and we forgive each other. And it's, you know, it's, it's fine. And then she goes, but Maggie doesn't know what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> You're at the point of logic. So how can she forgive Correct. me? If she doesn't That's, understand the concept of forgiveness, she's never going to forgive me. And it was like, well, I... Can I tell you that philosophy of language is exactly what I paid for an education up at the University of Utah was <laughs> as an English major? That's what my education was. Like, how can words exist if you don't understand what the value is of them? Like, that is that is a trillion dollar question. She wow. Says. That's an, an unbelievable question I'm pretty for a proud of her. That... That's a great question. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I don't. I didn't know how to respond. That's because it's, it's, it's a very good question. <laughs> it's the truth. That I mean, people have been writing about that very conundrum for hundreds of years. Maggie's never going to forgive me. Sure, she will, honey. But she doesn't know what that word means. Whoa, that's unreal. Uh, all right. Well, that's I great. certainly didn't know how to respond. Like, Correct. Like, yeah. Nope. So it doesn't matter. Really? She's also going to doubt everything you guys but, ever do for the rest of your like, life. She's like crying. Heartbroken about it. Kids are sweet. It was. And and then we went with the tactic of, you know, the distraction tactic, which yes. is going to stop working eventually, right? Promise. You know, look yeah, over there. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm 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 ruining that day. Ben. Um Let's start with the Jazz, okay. even though I, I know people are grumpy out there. But uh, they had a, a rough weekend, and I feel like you and I did our part to jinx them with our show on it's Friday. It's a very good thing you and I did not go to Wendover like we talked about on Friday, because we talked about BYU easily covering six and yes. a half. We said there, we were counting Jazz wins two weeks ahead, wondering when we this streak was going to end. We you were. and I really earned our paychecks on Friday, <laughs> proving our overwhelming sports knowledge. That's... Analysis, you only get one place, Ben. <laughs> right here from 10 to noon on The Zone, Jake and Ben. Uh, they lose to San Antonio on Friday, 128 to 126. And they back that up with uh, a loss to the Wizards, uh, 109-103 on Saturday. They were both very different games. I think there is some connective tissue between the two, but I'm going to get you, you take the first bite of of this apple here, Ben. I'm curious to to hear your thoughts. What is wrong with the Jazz? It was funny because the one thing I said that San Antonio couldn't do to stick with the Jazz was they couldn't score enough points, and of course they ended up scoring 128 wrong points, which is the that. most the Jazz have given up <laughs> since the Boston game. 
you know, three weeks ago, and they still won that Boston game. They gave up, whatever, 130. Yeah. But I just did not see San Antonio coming out and scoring 128 points. Well, they hit five threes in the first four minutes of the game, and then they started attacking the hoop because the Jazz defense had to spread out to start honoring those threes. And then once they started getting to the rim, the Jazz adjusted and said, well, we're going to give you mid-range shots. And then it just so happened they hit every single they mid-range made. shot in the third and fourth quarter. They shot 18 of 23 in non-paint restrictor or non-restricted area mid-range shots. Like, unbelievable shooting. Unbelievable shooting. Jazz aren't going to run into that again. It's a little bit fluky, but good for San Antonio. They're a mid-range team. Quinn, or I should say Greg Popovich has, has used that. That's why Rudy Gay was pretty good for them. They used the mid-range there. DeMar DeRozan made a lot of money playing in the mid-range there. LaMarcus Aldridge made a lot of money playing in the mid-range there. And now they've handed that over to Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, like all of these guys who killed the Jazz over the weekend. So the effort defensively certainly was not there because the Jazz went from giving up, I think, 23 points in the second quarter, led by 14. Maybe it was only 10 at the break, but whatever it was. It was double digits at the break. And the Jazz were just like, well, we got this win. We got this game locked up, and we're not going to come out and play very hard. And then once the time they tried to start the engine again, it was too late. And San Antonio had wrestled away all the momentum and got that victory. And then I think the Jazz just thought, well you know, regression to the mean or natural correction. They were going to come out and stomp the Wizards because they beat them a week ago and they, you know, they they knew what they had to do to beat them. You were going to get big scoring nights from Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside again because I think they went, it was like 9 of 10 to, a week ago. Yeah. I mean, they, they missed one shot, I think, combined, had 38 points and 27 rebounds, something ridiculous combined. And those two were basically non-factors offensively against the Wizards and good for the Wizards they changed the way they were defending Gobert they changed the way they were defending Whiteside and those were if we're talking kind of the logistics of how the Jazz lost those were the logistics of how the Jazz lost there was more mental though of why the Jazz lost those games than there were logistics of why they lost those games um okay yeah yeah I I would agree with that take I think just to add to that uh, one minor fact, I think they also ran into two good coaching performances. Yep. Greg Popovich brought in a baller game plan. Yep. Do all those things you pointed out right there. And then Wes Unseld, I think it's a... Uh, he's just a great coach. I think he's a really good coach. Yeah. I mean, he made great adjustments to, for, just to back up what you were talking about, for Rudy and Whiteside to go from the game they had just seven days prior to... I mean, Whiteside might might as well not have gotten off the bus. Correct. I mean, I, I think Rudy impacted the game in a couple of different ways. Great but Whiteside yeah. had his first bad game in a while, yep. and and I don't want to pile on him because he's been so good, but he was not good yeah. on on Saturday, and that was an issue. So you know, I think they faced it a couple of coaches that uh, that came in with a with a game plan that was effective. You know, that said, Jazz uh, Ben, I think. I think a lot of times it comes down to, and we can we can use a lot of buzzwords. You know, we can we can talk about focus. We can talk about I don't know what's another one. Uh, Quinn had a unique one on Friday night. I'm trying to remember which one that uh, that he talked said. about juice. Juice, you know, like it's effort. It's effort. It's it's effort. For sure. And this is kind of a, a a weird line that you have to walk sometimes because athletes take it so personally when you. When you say, are, are you dogging it out Correct. there? I mean, it's not, nobody likes to be accused of that, but it did 100% is a thing. And so if we want to, if we want to insert some buzzwords to make it nicer, then, then we can do that. But, you know, are they getting back on defense? Why are they the, the last, dead last transition defense in the league? Yeah. And part of it, you know, the the Jazz game plan, like taking a lot of early shots, it means you have to run a lot when you don't want for sure. to. For sure. And it's it's hard 
to to run right. hard every game. It, you, you think about coaches like you know, I like listen to Coach uh, Steve Cleveland, but uh, but a lot of coaches when you ask them about their former players, one of the first compliments that they have for really good players is, "Wow, he played hard." Plays hard. He plays yep. hard. Yep. Because it's it's almost like the the ultimate compliment a coach can give because not everybody does it. And because it's hard to play hard sometimes. And it in the NBA there's 82 games. I asked this I must have been 2 seasons ago. The Jazz lost to I don't know if it was Houston when Russ was playing there, Russell Westbrook uh or if it was even last year over Zoom. I honestly can't remember when I asked it. But I, I asked jazz players about this. They, we were in the locker room, so it must have been at least two seasons ago. And I asked if playing hard is a skill. And what I mean by that is I, I honestly am curious if it's – because clearly not everyone does it. Right. So is that laziness? Like, not everyone plays See, as I hard as Russell Westbrook. I don't think it is laziness. That's my question, yes. which is why I, I want to ask – I don't think it is laziness. Because, so, like, Rudy Gobert can't shoot threes. Rudy Gobert can't handle the ball. Those are skills he doesn't have. Yeah. Russell Westbrook playing hard every game. Is that a skill or is he just trying really hard? It's probably some try hard, but he also has a skill where he plays hard every single time he's on the floor. I talked to Gordon Chase about it. He said John Stockton played as hard as anyone he ever watched. He said Alonzo Mourning was an interesting guy he watched. He said he played hard every single time he was on the floor. There must be some skill aspect of it, even though from an outsider's view, it feels like a effort issue. Skill might play into that a little bit okay more as well. all right i, I see where like, you're going it's I, a talent I don't, you have to have i don't necessarily disagree i but i i would say it's more of a lifestyle slash mentality sure which is the frustrating part of it because you can control that but not really like like david james <laughs> there are not very many people on the planet that could do what david james oh, does correct. from an effort standpoint correct. to do television until correct. the middle of the night early morning to do a morning drive radio show and to work literally seven days a week. Oh, on top of that, let, let's throw in that he's the the voice of a professional right. soccer team. Right. You know, they're they're like, is that that David tries real hard? Well, yeah, part of it because but they, it's a skill. But it's, I think I would say it's more of a mentality, and and you got to. You got to throw lifestyle in there too, because, like, for example, Russell Westbrook has to keep his body in the shape that he can do that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about Ryan Smith all the time who owns the Jazz. And I think about, like, his lifestyle of, like, I'm going to grind it out in this garage and build this unicorn company, which, you know, there's luck involved with that. I'm sure he would tell you there's some luck involved with that too. But, like, the, the things he's involved in, all the places he goes, and of course, some of that is his wealth allows him to do some of these things now. But, like, that mentality is different than what my mentality is. I just so, not wired that way at all. And I think I'm obviously he's extremely unique. You don't think you could choose to do that or work toward doing that? No, I don't think I'm wired that way. As I've gotten older and I look at you know the patterns of the jobs okay. I've had in my life, how I end up where I end up, and you know like I've got two jobs right now. I'm not like the laziest person on earth. I also recognize I'm not. Russell Westbrook, probably David James. I'm not. Okay. I'm not All right. I, I, you recognize some people are wired certain ways. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking, of, okay, okay, I can come along with the skill thing. So in that sense. But I don't think it's a you got it or you don't type of thing. I think some of it is predetermined. I really do think some of it is wired. And all these guys work hard. It's so hard to make the NBA. Sure. There's, everyone wants that job. It's the best job on earth. You make 
$20 million a year. You play basketball 100 times a year, but you have to work so hard to get to that point. None of these guys has dogged it to get to the NBA. There's probably a few seven-footers historically that have. And even then, like you got to keep yourself in shape. you got to develop your skills. You've got to do enough things to get there. Or you get washed out of the league really quick. See, I, now I don't know if I agree with that take. I think there have been plenty of people that have dogged it and gotten to the NBA just because of their the things that, that their genetics. Sure, sure. Mostly big guys. No little guys. Mostly... Big guys. But then you do see guys like Tracy McGrady that are just given oh, the ability to do yes. those and things. And they're guys who don't and, love the league once the, they get right. there. Yeah. Or love the other things that come at the league more than basketball, and it kind of washes them out of the league also. See, I think that happens. It's it's funny because what like let's look at Serena Williams, maybe the the best athlete of all time. You could certainly make a sure. case for that. Does not even like her sport. Correct. Andre Agassi said the same thing. Hated tennis. Yeah, does, doesn't even doesn't yeah. even like it, and in a weird way was was forced to pour so much you know time and effort into Both it had that it like parents. Yeah, too. right. Well, there, there's a component there yeah. as well. I, I actually had a long chat with my wife about this, like the. You know, if you guys want to be the Williams dad or Andre well, we were, dad, we, I have not seen the the movie about the Williams dad, and yeah, I've right. I've heard it's good. Yeah, but I, it does cast him in a celebratory light. Yes. light, and yes, I get that because he was the parent of the greatest athlete, correct, on the planet, right, and. But what you had to do to get her there, okay. and where my wife gave me pushback on this is she's like, are you trying to tell me that, that it, it wasn't talent, that it was all this? And it's like, no, to be the greatest ever, you have to combine the greatest talent right. ever with the, look at Michael Jordan, with the, with right. the work ethic, right. or, or you'll peak out wherever. Yes. Look where Michael Vick peaked out. Yes. That dude peaked out on talent. The, the work was not Correct. there. Right. And he admitted it. Never watched he admitted film. it. Yeah. yeah, never watched film. Imagine if he would have put in the work that Serena Williams did. You know, maybe he would be considered among right. the greats. Who knows, right? But there's that there's that element to it. But I do think that there are players that moonwalk into the league. Ben Simmons, sure, freakish, freakish gifts. How's you know? I I have not covered his team, so I'm right. not you know probably not qualified to have an opinion on this. But why 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 haven't you gotten any better? They've never been good. And he doesn't do the like he doesn't go play for Australia. He doesn't go play for his country because he doesn't want to play. You know what I mean? Like some guys can't wait to play. Right. Joe Ingles is a good example of the opposite of this. Now, again, and it's funny I was actually having this conversation about Rudy Gay with several people the other day as well. But Joe Ingles, his skill, his work ethic clearly has out achieved his genetics. Now he's six foot seven, has absurd vision, has great feel, and is a better athlete probably than he gets credit. Hundred percent. But yes, he's he's outkicked his coverage. Correct. Yeah. By, I, I, by, and he's almost the opposite of Ben Simmons in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where Ben Simmons has so many natural gifts. Uh, you know, Rudy Gay was talking about how you have to be able to change your skill set with every team you jump on, so you can keep helping them. And it's like it also helps that you're six foot ten. You have insanely long arms you're a freak athlete like you have the ability to alter what you can do George Niang can't become you know the point guard super rebounder right. great defense. he can't move quickly Rudy Gay can do all these crazy things on the basketball floor and his body allows him to change his versatility but getting bringing this back to the jazz we're talking back to effort and if that's the main issue with the jazz and where do you find that effort and why don't they have it right I think it's also different than the the problems that plagued them before the streak. I think for the most part, ball movement and things like that and unselfishness have, uh, were, were fine over the weekend. I think their, their issues were in other places, and namely running. 
And last year, Ben, I wondered, this was a big thing for me going into last year, how were they going to divvy up the shots when both Conley and Bogdanovich were healthy and had it going? Because we hadn't really seen hadn't, that no, at all. up, up nope. until that point. So where were those shots going to come from? Who was that going to take a bite out of? And the answer was nobody because the Jazz all of a sudden found this transition offense that was just magic. I mean, they were creating, right. by what, eight, ten more shots for themselves a game right. just by running. Right. And so I think the, the effort issues are on both sides of the ball. I, I don't think they're getting transition offense. Uh, speaking of, and uh, I don't want to pick on Joe Ingles per se, but a big difference between Mike Conley being in the lineup and Joe Ingles being in the lineup, Joe Ingles is putting the brakes on every time every he gets time. the ball. Yeah. Uh, whereas Mike Conley is pushing it or making the pass or, or forcing and playing downhill because that's where the extra shots come from. That's, that's what took the Jazz offense from good to great last year is they ran. And, of course, with defense, if you're taking early shots, you have to run back because you're not going to make all of those early shots and all of those open threes. And you're going to give up a lot of long rebounds, Ben, that lead to transition offense right, right. where you have to run to get back. they got to run. And then the perimeter offense, or excuse me, the perimeter defense, uh, going back to what uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Marcus Morris said, right? Yep. That everybody sucks but Rudy. Right. It's true. So they need to play hard Correct. or else it's just brutal. I do wonder if there's been a lack, let me scoff at this, a lack of adversity when they're on the court together to like get these guys in a spot where they are doing that. And Rudy Gobert talked Great about point. it after the New Orleans loss. We said, like, how many times do we have to make the same mistake? Am yep. I going to be 40 before we start fixing our issues? And I do wonder if it's it's so easy for this team to score when things are clicking, like it was on the four-game road yeah. trip where they were blowing everyone up by 20. That stuff is so easy. And then it's so easy to pass your defender off to Rudy Gobert and let him do it that those things have gotten so easy for the Jazz that they default to easy sometimes. They, it creates bad habits. It creates bad yeah. habits. And so they lose the effort because the easiness makes for a lack of effort. And that's why you end up getting bit twice in a row because you think naturally the ease is going to fix it and that's just not the case. So here's here's the the best example I can think of of what exactly it is you're talking about. Donovan's rookie season. The movie year. Yeah. The year that they should Correct. write a script about, a film years down the line because it was just insane where they turned the season around in God, what month was it, Ben? Where they all of a sudden went on January. They were It was January, January right? And they were nine, nine yes. games out and they had to just go on this historic run. Well, part part of the reason they turned it around, if we remember back that, is Rudy was hurt in December. And the Jazz had to figure out how to stop anybody yeah. without Rudy being on the floor. And effort got better, right? You move Rudy back into the mix, and all of a sudden the rest of the team is used to playing hard on defense. Right. You put Rudy back into there, all of a sudden the Jazz for the next season and a half go play defense at a historic level. Right. Historic. Best right. in the league. Because all of a sudden you combine a little effort and right. you, you get rid of some of those bad habits because Rudy's out for a while. And man, it's part of the movie. Rudy coming back. Right. And everybody playing hard got them into the second round of the playoffs that year. And so... I think you're exactly right. I think playing with Rudy sometimes, and if you're Rudy, to get back to his comments uh, after New Orleans, if you're Rudy and watching that every night, it's got to bug you. Something interesting, we saw it when the Jazz beat Cleveland a couple of Sundays ago. 
what I think it was Donovan Mitchell's comments. He said, you know, Ricky Rubio might be the guard whisperer or the point guard whisperer because he talked about what how magically he's gone in, came into Utah and did it with Donovan, went to Phoenix and did it with Devin Booker, is doing it now in Cleveland with Darius Garland and some of their young guards. He goes in and all of a sudden these guys start playing so much better. Right. And I really, you know what Rudy, what one of Ricky Rubio's best skills is, is he plays hard. Yep. He just plays so hard. Yep. Like, he's not super talented. He has some freakish talents, incredible passer, but he plays so, he's got a great body, but he plays really hard. That's probably his best skill set because he can't shoot a lick. You know, he's got a lot of issues that are holding him back, but he plays so hard that rubbed off on Donovan Mitchell. That's exactly what you're talking about his rookie year because Ricky Rubio was the other guy that was there. Uh, Ricky Rubio rubbed off on, Devin Booker never played hard. He could score 70. On a horrible team. But he didn't play But he didn't hard. play hard. Now he plays hard. Yeah. And they can go to the finals. Great point. He goes to Cleveland. That team is not built perfectly. They have three seven-footers in the starting lineup in a league that's not trying to do that. But they play really hard. So they find a way to make it work. Guys that come in and play hard and can spread that into a roster are so valuable. And because I think there are some things... And that's not to say the Jazz don't play hard. But again, there are some things that I think have come so easy for them because they are so skilled that they have to make extra effort to dial some of almost that skill back and up the effort, and they don't do it every night. So, you know, we can we can dress it up again, Ben, with, with the language and talk about juice because I know it's a sensitive topic yep. and nobody wants to be encouraged right. that they're dogging it or talked about how they're dogging it out there. Nobody likes it. But in this case, I think the, the reason they lost both games, I think that's connective tissue. I don't think they played hard. Correct, 100%. Yeah. Stay tuned. Coming up next, we're going to get into the bowl weekend that was Ben. Uh, we're also going to talk a little Gordon Hayward coming up uh, later on in the show. Uh, time is running out. Uh, Christmas is n- Saturday. It's nice. Saturday. It's near, yeah. It's coming up. So, Miki Couture wants to help you out this holiday season with the perfect gift. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George today. Mention Zone 50 and save 50%. It's a no-brainer. Get in today, save 50%, and get the best gift ever from Miki Couture. And I have purchased Minkies in the last week leading up until oh, Christmas. Oh, well, hopefully you're not listening. That is something that hopefully I've done fans, before. Your, your fans, your family isn't listening. Oh, they know. They know me. Okay. Are you, I still have shopping I heard what Jake do. was talking about. I know what he's getting. Well, not this year, Ben. I, oh, okay. Although I could go back to the Minky well. You know why uh, the Minky? Because uh, it's can't miss. Like the, They're going to like it. They're going to get used. But we have nine of them, I think. Yeah. So... We're, we're big what fans. What for Megan? But anyway, my point being is they, yes, they, they have inventory over the last week, so you're going to get your gift. But I, I jump on it because sometimes there's a lot of folks out there like me who put it off until the last week. So And that Zone 50 deal is just incredible. So I'll take advantage of it. I like their new store in Sugar House. Is that nice. where you went? It's first I nice. ask you if that's where yeah. you were. It's very nice. Yeah. Stay tuned. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Megan, I told you I was in a bad mood. Megan, and, and it's just going from bad to worse. I've got you, this seam rubbing against my armpit, and now I've got I this. I got Delta Royal Flush over the weekend as far as Christmas goes. I had the most magical Christmassy day, and then you just kept it going on my Monday, so thank you. Ugh. You have a favorite Christmas song, Megan? I'm not sure. I like Michael Buble's Christmas album. You That's do. really okay. good. You see, have you ever seen him? Yes, I've seen him live. He's yeah. fantastic. He's kind of, I was thinking about his gig the other day. That's a pretty sweet gig if you want to do that for the rest of your life. He's kind of the only guy like that. You know, like Harry Connick, I guess, kind of does it. But, like, there's not a crooner that's popular right now. He can work one month a year for the rest of his life just doing Christmas songs, kind of do the tour of the greatest towns that he wants to do, and then be like, all right, I'll get the next 11 months off because he can sing. 
It's not a bad, not a bad job. Doesn't even have to write music. Just sing everyone else's songs. Should we give out some tickets, Ben? Yeah, I'll, I'll be Santa Claus. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Uh, be the 12th caller right now. And uh, you are going to see the Jazz and the Hornets tonight. That's Speaking of kicking your Christmas off right, coming down, Hornets are extremely fun to watch. There's going to be a ton of offense tonight because the Hornets don't play any defense, and apparently the Jazz don't either anymore. So this is going to be a great game. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be really fun. LaMelo, Gordon, it's perfect. 855-340-ZONE. Yeah, we, tonight's looking like an Arby's night. Oh, oh take it to the They're bank. They're going to smash that 111. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's going to happen. All right, 12th caller. Call in right now, 855-340-ZONE. Ben, uh, do you want to start with the positive or the negative talking about the Bulls? We really could go either Let's way. Let's start with Utah State. You want to start with uh, with the Aggies? For a couple minutes, and then we'll go to BYU because it's easier to pick apart. The Aggies roll. They beat Oregon State, capping off uh, an unbelievable season, 24-13. to And, uh, I mean, what a story going to the third-string quarterback in his first throw. His first yep. throw. Ben slings it deep for a, for a, a touchdown, and uh, what a game! What a what a honestly charmed season for the Aggies, finishing at eleven and three. And uh, wow, Blake Anderson comes in and and makes waves in his first year. Pretty amazing. Just couldn't have gone, couldn't have had a better season for Utah State. In all honesty, and yeah, we could talk about wins here, losses here that you probably hoped you didn't have, but. Man, fun. Even if you lost to Wyoming. like The adversity you experience within the season is some of the fun part. Now, you know, winning every game is fun. Going undefeated is fun. We've seen that with Utah a couple of times. BYU's had great seasons historically. But having these years when you lose a couple of games and it's dicey and you need certain things to work out the final week of the season to just get to the conference championship and then you win the conference championship and then you go to a bowl game against a really good opponent. I mean, it was a Cinderella season for Utah State, and about as fun as it can get. And now uh, Cooper Lega, I think I'm saying it, yep. Lega, Cooper Lega uh, is is now part of Utah State history. That was the Cooper Lega game. Yep. Ben, I mean, he and could not happens. take another snap, and he is an, a, a legend in Logan. That's a very real thing. You know, you can. We've talked about the Jason Shelley game. You know what I mean? Like. The, the, against BYU, yep. like you don't have to be great all time, but you can have a game and be remembered for that. So, now, yeah, he's it, a hero. It can, it, it might end up being aggravating down the road because there's no way Johnny Harleen likes talking about that play anymore. No, oh, I don't know. You might, you might enjoy that for the rest of your life. You think? Yeah, it's one of your great moments. And I guess it is a positive. If you were Kalen Clay, you're talking about putting the ball down at the, at the one inch line or whatever. Correct. He's talking about that for yes, the rest of his life. Yes, you'd much rather beat the rival and be famous for that than be the guy who made the mistake. Two different kinds of goats: the goat and the goat, the greatest of all time, or the you know the bad goat. You know the the funny thing about the the Kalen Clay part is you any Ute fan you bring up that play, well they'll they will follow it by telling you. Well, the, you know, the the Utes were, were beating the brakes off of Mariota and the Ducks until that moment, you know? Yeah. Because that, not yep. only was it a horribly embarrassing moment, but apparently he single-handedly lost the game. <laughs> that was the reason for the second, third, and fourth. Wasn't that early in the second quarter? It was quarter? like, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So not only uh, did you have to be on the Sports Center, not top 10 for the next six months. Yeah, right. Yeah. All, and all time. But you also single-handedly lost the game. Yeah, they had to retire it, right? Tough. Nothing yes. beat it out. Right. They right. had to retire it. Right. Oh, man. 
Uh, but anyway, Cooper Lega will go down in uh, in Utah State history. Goes in there, beats. Uh, I'm with you. I thought Oregon State was a great opponent. Um, they got a chance to beat a, a Pac-12 opponent. And man, I should have brought this. Should have my computer with me, Ben. Uh, but um, the Mountain West record against the Pac-12 this year. Or I should say the Pac-12's record against the Mountain West this year. Not good. Not good. No. Really Not bad. good, Ben. Really bad. No, I mean, our in-state teams lost one game to the Pac-12 all year. That was Utah losing to Oregon State. Wow. That's an interesting way to think BYU about it. You went You're undefeated. Right. Utah State went undefeated. Utah went undefeated other than losing to Oregon State. Didn't lose another game against the Pac-12. So they really torched the Western, uh, the West Coast this year, which is fun. This has been a fun college football season, and it wasn't perfect. We'll talk about BYU coming up here in a minute. But, I mean, Utah State, that's as enjoyable a season. I mean, certainly some of the Chucky e. Keaton years, Gary Anderson having his success when he was there the first time. There was some, some great times, but, man, you just think about how fun this season was if you were at Utah State and rooting for that team and the low expectations coming in. And then what ended up happening, I think, was was great. Uh, real quick, so it's not quite as lopsided as I thought uh, because uh, Wilner included BYU in this. But uh, the Pac-12 is five and eleven versus the Mountain West and BYU. So take out the how many uh, BYU had four wins against five wins against Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you take out those five, and uh, the the Pac-12 was uh, what five and six against the Mountain West. So yeah. still not a winning record against the Mountain West. Right. No, it was uh, it was tough, but uh, but a fun year, a fun year overall for Utah State. Congratulations to them. One hundred percent. BYU, on the other hand, Ben, they they had a rough uh, rough outing against UAB. They lose thirty one twenty eight. I know everybody's talking about that Samson Nakua call, but uh, you know they could have used Jaron Hall in that game, Ben. And and you know you say that, and that was kind I don't of mean a major to, surprise, certainly. Yeah, I don't mean to sell Baylor Romney short because I think he's a fine player. He had that Boise State law, uh, Boise State win a couple years yep. ago where he ruined their uh, New Year's Six dreams and Correct. all that, and, and played a great game. But uh, they needed they need a little bit more dynamic play out of that position. I thought no, they 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 didn't get enough, and and you have to give UAB credit. They played really hard. I mean, UAB came in and it was exactly what we had worried about for this game for BYU. I mean, it's not hard to understand why BYU lost this game. They were not excited to be there. They did not care as much about playing it as UAB did. UAB came out, played extremely hard. BYU was pretty casual. And then, yeah, you had a couple, you had some late adversity heading into the game where Jaron Hall didn't dress or, you know, dressed but really wasn't going to play at all and didn't. And you just didn't get enough. And UAB came in and punched you in the mouth, jumped out to a 14-0 lead, and you came back, but you could just tell BYU's heart was never fully right. there. I think everything you need to know about that, if there was one play that personified that entire game, Ben, it was when uh, Dwayne McBride broke loose for a 64-yard yep. touchdown run. How BYU did – all you had to do was breathe on that guy and he was going out of bounds. BYU missed nine tackles, I think, on one play and then somehow could not push him with just a mild effort, could have pushed him out. And I, I'm with you. I didn't, the the effort, again, that's going to be the theme of the day, wasn't there for the Cougs because they didn't have the – they didn't want to be there. It, it's a thing. People don't want to talk about that, but it's it's certainly a thing. And then they're missing their starting quarterback, which takes the wind out of the sails before the the game even kicks off. Ben, and it just was a recipe for a for a defeat. And you knew BYU was the was the favorite, and they should have been. But you knew Birmingham wasn't going to roll over. We've seen way too many of these bowl games, Ben, where we're covering a Mountain West team and they upset a Pac twelve or or you know Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Or we've seen so many of these because you know. Well, I mean, let me 
let me uh, rewind for a second. Kyle Whittingham had the most unbelievable bowl record in the entire country. Correct. He always had his team up for bowl games. Part of the reason was is they were always in games where they were the underdog Correct. and had more more on the line. More on the line. More to more to gain. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, you know, it was the argument for a lot of Utah fans for a long time of why would you play BYU anymore? Like, you don't gain anything from playing them, and BYU has a lot more to take from a win because they were in independence and wanted to play P5 teams. Yep. Uh, it, it's a very real dynamic. You know, Utah, I think, figured it out a couple of years ago when they lost to, I mean, it was just last, two years ago they lost to Texas because they thought they were going to beat Oregon and go to the Pac-12 or go to the Rose Bowl, lost to Oregon, and then just absolutely no-showed against Texas in the bowl game right. a couple of weeks right. later. So it, it happens, and that's what happened with BYU. It, and it's unfortunate because, you know, we had Mitch Harper on the show last week, and he kind of talked about this had a chance to be a top five Season all time at BYU, and you can go back and you can look at fun wins that they had in the middle of the year, and they beat Utah, and they snapped the streak, and all the P five wins, and all the success they had beating USC, and then man, you lose to Boise State, it wasn't very good this year, and you lost to a good Baylor team, but you know, and then you lose to UAB to end the year. It really does change. It does the historical perspective of this, and it really changes the feel going into the off season. And maybe it shouldn't, but it does. I'm I'm with you 100. Uh, percent Tyler Algier though on a on a positive side, Ben he balled out. So we were talking about him getting putting some good film into the world uh, for his NFL draft hopes. 192 yards and 27 carries and three touchdowns. Last I checked, it was a pretty good day. Pretty good day. He was certainly not the reason they lost that game. No. <laughs> well put. All right, stay tuned. More Jake and Ben coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Not only Christmas music, but now like downer Christmas music. The Eagles. <laughs> Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's the Eagles? I think it is. Yeah. You you like the Eagles. You're like I an do, Eagles guy. I, I do like <laughs> I the Eagles. I can tell. I can tell that about you. Are you not? No, the Eagles are fine. You know who's a huge Eagles guy is uh, PK. Yeah, that makes sense. He also has Eagles energy. Eagles energy. He He's a big Eagles energy. Although, it's, it's kind of funny because I think one of the greatest movie lines of all time is about hating the Eagles. I just hate the Eagles, man. I just hate the Eagles, man. Which, of course, is an excuse to pull over your taxi cab and throw the uh, the passenger out, yeah. which is which is also hilarious. That's the line. Where's your line, Ben? Do you have a line? Oh. Is there something that someone could insult that would cause you to, you know, take immediate Throw action? them out? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty easygoing. I'm certainly not. In, I like, I love music, obviously. We're kind of both music-y guys a little bit, but mm-hmm. not, not at that point. Certainly not with the... Uh, you know, if you insulted somebody musically. What, well, what about anything else? Any other topic? Like, uh, you're no, a literature I'm sure guy. You if, find, if, no. If no. somebody throws down with... No. Uh, what, uh, I mean, even, like, personally, I don't think I would take it. I might not have a line. So, if somebody insults Harper Lee, you're not going to... No. no. No, she had her flaws, too. I, I certainly have my line. Um, Where is it? Oh, Kenny Loggins. You do or you do not like Kenny Can't Loggins? insult Kenny around me, You sir. love Kenny. Love Kenny. Okay, great. Kenny's just fine. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm easy going. I'll take it. You throw him out of a Say cab. Say what you will about me, but leave Kenny out of this. Do you know my first dog as a kid was named Loggins? Oh, really? Actually, it was my mom's dog, I suppose, but yeah. That's fun. Jazz play Minnesota Timberwolves coming up on uh, Thursday night, right? That's their, uh, they've got Charlotte tonight. Right. 23rd, they play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, we are starting to see Minnesota get hit by this uh, wave of covid that's going through the nba uh shams just tweeted out 10 minutes ago jared vanderbilt and patrick beverly have both entered the covid 19 health and safety program well you know what jared vanderbilt sucks by his own teammates opinions so only that's according not really. to patrick beverly <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they were you know hashing it out with 
<laughs> so apparently, those two were talking. I can't believe that. For those of you who maybe uh, weren't we, listening last week, that? or do we know or if we still have the clip of Patrick Beverly? Uh, see, I'll see if we have it. Insulting. I mean, trying by, to, by insult, trying Rudy to insult Rudy insulted uh, Vanderbilt. Jared and Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt. And didn't even use his first name, yeah. like I didn't right there. But Vanderbilt. Now, now they're in the COVID protocols together. <laughs> so they'll miss Beverly, but Vanderbilt, you know what? They could sign a stiff now off the who's street. Rudy get a guard? <laughs> we are starting to see that. The NBA has decided that basically instead of postponing games, they had to postpone three yesterday. They're going to let you sign as many G League Free agents, whatever you it's want to. It's a smart to. move, Ben. I do think it's a smart move. Yeah. C.J. Miles, former Jazz man, 15th year in the NBA, got signed by the Boston awesome. Celtics today. Uh, so he's back in the league for the next 10 days at least, was playing with the G League Ignite and got signed. So you're going to start seeing that. So, A, pay attention to the Stars roster because it's not like you're going to be able to avoid this. Clearly it's going on ever through the NBA. It's spreading like wildfire. And the NBA is very highly vaccinated. Yeah. Like 95%. Yep. Yeah. I, uh... I started off the pregame show on Friday with kind of a rant about this, Ben, talking about – not a rant. That's an overused word. But talking about how just let them sign whoever. Just that it's a solution that works great for the Players Association as well as the league. So oftentimes those solutions are pretty good ones. You should jump right on that. By by the end of the uh, the pregame show – they made the announcement that that's exactly what yep. they were going to do. So I got a chance to be like, yep, I'm a smart guy. And I'm with you. I think it's smarter to do that and just try and keep the season as intact as possible. Because I really think ultimately one of the things we've learned about our society in the last couple of years is that less than anything, we like having our routine disrupted. So, like, yeah, maybe you don't get to watch Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley in a game because they've entered COVID protocols or something, you know, in January when it finally reaches the West Coast, even though, you know, the Lakers have had it. But as it starts to spread through the Western Conference, you're still going to watch the game. It's still going to be nice if it's Jared Butler out there and Hassan Whiteside starting and whoever you bring up from the G League, Brendan Bailey or whatever, Macy Oteague. You're going to like that there's a Jazz game on. What you don't want to do is have these teams playing into June and July again. Because that's not when people are watching basketball games. You know, that's not when you're and, used to watching it. So keep your routine the same, even if it means different players for a while. And if you can help it, you don't want to sandwich a thousand games into a short window. I mean, last year was right. tough from that standpoint. There, there were just so many games. But, but Ben, have I ever told you my uh, – and I can tell you and Megan this. The, the reason that I loved the Jerry Springer show back in the day – do you remember the, the Jerry Springer show, Megan? Are you familiar yes, with it? Of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, ben, you obviously yep. are. Uh, I used to love it because I used to watch it whenever I was feeling down. Whenever I was blue – he used to turn on, turn on a little, turn on a little, a little Springer, and and the the whole reason was is because I could look at whoever was on that show at any period of time and go, you know what? At least I'm not that. guy. At least I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy who who fell in love with his cousin. You know, I'm not that guy. Thankfully, and <laughs> who's fist fighting somebody over dating his first cousin? Yeah, I'm not that guy. Um, in this case, Ben, agreeing with you. You're going to watch an NBA game. Remember when there wasn't any NBA basketball? Right. right. And there wasn't anything going Correct. on in the world? Correct. And when you didn't leave the house and uh, and we were talking about, will the NBA ever play again? You can look back at it and go, you know what? We can deal with this. Yes. It's all right. Yep. Give a, give a, some guys some opportunity to to get a bite at the apple. You never know when maybe one of these G League players goes out, balls out, and gets an opportunity to sign somewhere else. I mean, it's it's good for the players, you know. Given the circumstances, correct. It's good for the league because they've got to get the games in. 
So let's do it. It's and, fine. And we've soured a little bit in the NBA because we've changed it two years in a row on the value of the regular season, on the value of 82 games Well, overall. that's been gone for a while you know. Now. But it really took a big ding when we suspended the season and came back and finished it in the bubble, which was goofy. And then last year they only played 72 games instead of 82 games. Like, there have been enough... We've chopped at that tree enough times to realize it's not as integral to the you know to this the product itself as we may have once thought it was <laughs> are you addicted to crack and data stripper well call the jerry springer show you know what we're, we're interested better. in having you on hey man i got a i got a 65 percent on my geography test but uh hey you know what not, not that, guy. that guy not that guy not that guy at all see huh yeah, I'm watching uh, Trent Forrest start on an NBA uh, floor, but you know what I'm doing? Watching basketball. Yeah, correct. No, we want we want the games. That's what we want more than anything. Yep. More than the players, the game matters more. Yep. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to talk about the return of Gordon Hayward. Might have some shoot-around sound, too. Coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.